Welcome to Living Life and Love. At night, I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So on tonight's show, I have two guests, Sharon King and TJ Johnson. Now, we're going to talk about something that's a little different. We are going to focus on the importance of representation in children's programming. We're going to take a look back at children's programming and cartoons for the 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, and current times to see what companies did it right, what companies did it wrong, and how things can change. Because it's important for our children to have representation in their programs. And we hope that one day that we will see someone with vitiligo as a main character featured in a children's cartoon or movie. So sit back and enjoy this conversation. This is Live a Life and Love at Night with their host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome to Live a Life and Love at Night. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So tonight we got a very special episode. It's a little different than what you guys are used to. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about cartoons and representation. And I know some people in the community might think, why are they talking about cartoons? What does that have to do with vitiligo? Well, it has a lot to do with representation. And if we want vitiligo represented in the future in TV, animated programs, comic books, and all these things, and action figures, toys, then we need to talk about some of these things. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to dig back into like the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, look at properties that have done it right, properties that have done it wrong, and what can be changed. And, and we're just going to have a little fun because for some of us, this is going to be nostalgic. We're going to hear about cartoons that you, somebody's going to say, oh, man, I forgot about that cartoon. Oh, that was my favorite growing up. And then some of you might have some aha moments about your favorite cartoon. So my panel today, uh, TJ, welcome, sir. How are you? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> right, <laughs> going well, going well. Hey, hey, we're going to have a good old time today. Then I have Sharon King. Hello, hello. How are you? So if y'all are ready, let's dig into this. Um, we're going to talk about why representation matters. And we're going to kind of do it from a kid's point of view, although we are grown adults. We're going to look at some of the kid properties. But first, we need to talk about what's representation. So the dictionary says to stand for, be a symbol of, to speak and act for, a likeness picture and image, etc. Ooh, when we start looking at cartoons, hmm, I wonder how they feel that role of a likeness or a picture or an image of. So let's kind of, let's, let's look at the 70s. There was a lot of cartoons we could look at. What were some of your favorite cartoons from the seventies? I'll go. I, I like the Super Friends. Super Friends was one of one of my favorites. Uh, didn't have too many people in it, but uh, that represented me. But I, I think a little bit later, um, they had like Black Vulcan and uh, Black Lightning, and, and then they they had like the uh, Apache Chief. He was the the Native right. American that got really big. And then uh, I guess was, his name was Samurai, and then another right, guy was, right. They had a they had a Latino one as well. They kind of threw in representation in in like season two, but right. Super Friends was you know it's just when, when you're a kid, you just everybody wanted to be like a superhero, so that was like absolutely one of the things in, in the '70s. So, yeah. and, and that's and, the thing, you know, these are our our heroes. To be honest, I mean Superman, Batman. You know, we knew Aquaman, right, but then. Right. I guess when I look at it, as a kid, it, it didn't bother me. But you look at it as an adult, anytime in the 70s there was a black hero, 
you had to put black in front of him. I don't care what his name was. If he was Thunderman, it had to be Black Thunderman. Black was, Thunderman. Yeah, I mean, whatever it was, it had to be. Let's think about Black Lightning, Black Vulcan. We knew he was black. Yeah. Just looking yeah. at the character, you knew, but they had to throw black in front of it. Um, right. even going back to the Falcon for Marvel, he was Black Falcon. There was right. Black Goliath, like can't can't black so Panther. All of us, yeah, seriously. Like everybody had to be identified by their, their skin tone. Right. And it and I don't know if it was just a sign of the time, so people didn't know any better, but was that really necessary when you really think about it? If I was Robin, I was black, so I guess I'll be called Black Robin. You know, it's one of those things you think about as a child, as an adult now, but a child in it, you didn't really get it. Um, and even Apache Chief, I like the character. But if I look at it now, I'm like, oh, man, that was so offensive. Very. Down very. To, down, not just his name, but down to his costume. I mean, it it was just it was a really offensive cartoon, but but we dealt with it. We were like, okay, cool, you know, this is yeah. super friends, you know, and and as you look at it, and we're gonna dig into a lot more cartoons. How from the seventies, eighties, there wasn't a lot of diversity. Um, they threw characters in, but not a lot of diversity. And for our listeners, you can't see the images we're looking at. But we're going to just kind of talk about it. Some of you may recognize some of the names of the uh, cartoons. Like back in 69, there was Josie and the Pussycats. And, you know, it's a singing group and everything. I think they did fairly well with diversity. You know, pretty much a female group. You know, you did have the black character. You know, you had your blonde, you had your, your red hair. I mean, I think they did try to do a little diversity there. Um and, and as a kid, I did watch it. I mean, it was a part of the Saturday morning lineup. So who didn't watch it? Right, right. Then we got our Scooby-Doo. Everybody loves Scooby-Doo. And Sharon, you can jump in there too. You know about Scooby-Doo. Of course I know about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Absolutely. You were, were talking about, um, you know, cartoons from the 70s. I may have my errors mixed up, but when was Wacky Races? When was that? That was around the same time, about the 70s. Maybe yeah, late the 70s. 70s. Yeah, yeah. Wacky hey, Races, yeah. Um, Wacky races, okay. Yeah, no. I love Dastardly. He was my favorite with the laugh. Like <laughs> I loved Wacky Races. That was my favorite. That was my favorite one. They were uh, fun yeah. cartoons. They were definitely fun cartoons, but they were um, they were definitely very much signs of the times. You know, you right? Absolutely. Know, um, even like so, you know, we're looking at Scooby Doo on the screen, and it's like you know, all of those characters were very white. You know. I don't really remember seeing black characters on Scooby-Doo now that I think about it. The only time they did introduce um, black characters, if it was the Globetrotters who showed up and Scatman Brothers, he showed up a few times. But most of the cartoons then did not feature a very diverse cast. And, And just for our listeners, you know, we're really not talking about just black and white, but it's diversity. You know, Uh, we're going to look at some of the cartoons that have female representation, um, different ethnicities, backgrounds, you know, make sure that everybody's represented, including um, abilities. And we'll get into that later in the 80s where that comes into play. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, a lot of our cartoons that we watched, um, we were not represented much at all. I don't have this up here, but think about the Jetsons and the Flintstones. Right. I love both cartoons. 
I mean, yabba dabba do. Um, my favorite episode was the one they were spies or something, and, he, and Fred ran around to my judo chop chop chop. It's one of my favorites. Oh, what, what's oh, the one man. with what's the one with chop? What, what what's the one with the dog who does karate? Hong Kong Fui. Hong Kong Fui. Yeah, like, yeah. Can we can we talk about the offense and all the stuff that would not fall uh, well, these days? Let, let's get there in a minute. Let, let's let's jump real, real quick, and we're gonna get to Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> but um, all right. So Jetsons, Flintstones, Flintstones set in the prehistoric time. Jetsons set in the future. And when I look at those cartoons now as an adult, we didn't exist in either one. I, I, and I'm sitting here thinking, maybe they did show, I think the Jetsons did have a Black character. But I'm talking about main characters. You know, right. uh, of course, they'll throw a character in the background. They come in, they're gone. But I'm talking about main characters. They, we didn't exist, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's it almost tells a story, a narrative of, we're not important enough to exist, even in cartoons. You know, as a kid, we didn't see it, but as an adult, I go back and look at it. But let's talk about the number one super guy, superstar, Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> go ahead, Sherry. <laughs> Man, like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't remember, like, because you know, I have Boomerang. And I remember going on right. my Boomerang binges. You know, Absolutely. and I used to just watch some of these cartoons and just really sit back, like. None of this would fly. This is Speedy Gonzalez. Speedy Gonzalez. Right. Come on. Man. But we had Pew. We watched it though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just and you try to, it's kind of like with music. Like I compare it a lot to music. Like I often will put on some of the music that I listened to when I was, you know, a teenager in my 20s. And I just am like, wow, this this is. I really used to listen to this. A lot of this would not be able to be played on the radio these days, you know, right, even though there's right. you know, out there, but it's like, is it a sign of the times or were I, we just really kind of wilding out? I don't know. I, I think I think back then it was a it was a different era. The 70s was kind of free, you know. We're gonna say it, nothing was offensive, you know. Hong Kong fully as it was very offensive when you really look at it, but in the 70s, it was like, hey, it is what it is. It's good as long as you don't call me out my name, you know. But in so many ways, some of these cartoons did in a very indirect way. Um, Johnny Quest. You might not remember that one, Sharon. Um, oh, I do. Oh, listen, listen, I remember Johnny Boomerang. Quest. I would say if you watch Boomerang, yeah, you've seen Johnny Quest. Yeah. Or everything's on YouTube now anyway. But I enjoyed Johnny Quest. Um, I thought it was cool that his best friend was Indian not Native American Indian, but India. And they didn't try to change anything about them. I know some people might feel, well, why did they give them the head wrap? Well, if he's from India, depends on what, you know, what his custom is. But I thought it was cool. Um, they did give him that mysticism sometimes and doing magic and all that stuff. And it's like, all right, I get what you're going with. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what I thought was crazy with Johnny Quest. Um, it, I always thought Race Bannon was his dad. You know, I didn't even think about his his real dad was a scientist who really couldn't do anything. He was smart, but you know, he couldn't fight. He hired Race to do all the fighting. But I always thought Race was his dad. But if you look at cartoons as we start to evolve, the main character sort of looks like. Um, if you look at a lot of these main, the main character, 
most are have blonde hair and blue eyes. Yep. Um, everybody else is kind of a sidekick. Um, they always have a dog that's smarter than the sidekick most times. Um, um, and I shouldn't call like Haji's not a sidekick. That was actually his best friend, and that was I thought that was pretty cool. But as we start to look at some of the cartoons, um, the lead characters all start to look the same. Like you can take five of the lead characters, and they all look like the same person. It's like they had a template and it just everyone stuck to that same template, you know, don't break the mold in this situation, you know. And to be honest, as as a child growing up, those are the characters I like. You know, I think about it, the the, the Duke from G.I. Joe and um, when I look at um, Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And, you know, you think about Captain America. These are characters that I knew as a kid. And those are characters I wanted to be because that's what I was shown. You know, those are the, the, the heroes I had to follow. Um, now, the 70s was interesting. You know, I, I flipped through some slides. There was Space Ghost and there was the Impossibles, which the Impossibles was actually a superhero team based i think they were based on the monkeys or the beetles or something but it was it was corny you know it, it, it's not even worth talking about it was very corny <laughs> uh space goals was very popular but here's what i always thought interesting about a lot of these superhero shows um you have the hero you might have the teenagers then they always have like a monkey or an animal but i always think like are there no people of color in space no yeah. black or brown people at all. Did we just not make it that far? Uh, and that just really doesn't make any sense. Like I was talking to you about earlier, you know, we we have so many. Just we just figured out about uh, Katherine Johnson and right. and her contribution to the space program, and then you have uh, you know Ron McNair, one of the first black astronauts, and then you have Dr. Mae Jameson, you know. The sciences, we this is part this is part of what we've always been able to do. You know, they try to suppress that part of it. So it doesn't make sense to me that you'd have a, a, a cartoon in the future without, you know, uh, African American characters or characters of color because they contributed so much throughout our history, but that just goes part to the, you know, the part where they try to suppress so much of what we've done and and, and what people of color have done for for this country. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's... And, and yeah, I'm going to bring I, that back up. Well, go ahead, Sharon. Absolutely. I wanted to say, like, yeah, I absolutely agree. The suppression is 100% intentional. And then what do they push? What we're looking at now, globe charters. They 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 push the athletes. They push right. the, you know, the, the, the musicians that are, you know, right, right. they don't push us in those, you know, there is no representation of seeing us, like you said, where are the scientists? Where are the astronauts? That representation not being present was very intentional. So that now it's being, when it's being introduced, oh, it's forced. Oh, it's like an affirmative action type of thing. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we're correcting what was wrong in the first place. We should have been here. Absolutely. And we're going to dig into some of that too, um, as we start to see some of the cartoons evolved. Right now, we're coming out of the 70s, but we still got some things to talk about. For our listeners, you can't see what's on my screen, but we're going to talk about the Glow Charters. I love the Harlem Glow Charters. Uh, matter of fact, they're coming here in a couple of weeks. I'd love to go see them. Don't think I'm going to make it this year, but 
they had a cartoon. I watched it as a child, but it was the goofiest, most, I don't know. I it, I just felt like they were, they were like buffoons. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Um, right. Yeah, they played basketball. They were silly. Um, but when they became like superheroes, it was just really, you go back and it was really dumb. And I think that's a part of it to dumb down our characters, our people, you know. Um, however, we talked about it, TJ, um, that a lot of Black actors did get a chance to work because they were voicing a lot of these characters. So that 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 is a good part that we were working, but it's almost like, you know, if you can see the picture here, the guy with the super big afro. Um, I, and, you know, the guy has a basketball head and the other one's in a, um, a, yeah, a, a, um, and, and, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> when you look at it. I, I agree with you, Mark. And the only thing that can, you, you talked about writers and how, you know, there's no representation for us, even in, in, in cartoons as well. And the only thing they could write into this character with the Afro is the fact that he could pull anything out of his Afro. It, right, it just right. made everything the more ridiculous. He, you know, he's pulling cars and trucks out of his afro. Just, just trying to say that, you know, our hair, and and it, 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 you can you can go so many different ways with that. It just right. It, I, I hear what you're saying. Look, I'm looking at the one the the character on the screen with the um with with the the um light the noodle bar on. Yeah, but not the noodle guy, but the life preserver. But he's got he's got flippers. He's got he's got the the swimming outfit, the whole thing. And I guess they're trying to say we can't swim. I get it. Some of us can't, but you know, you look at some of these things, and it's like, wow, what were they really saying? But the noodle guy too. Yeah. What's the what's the point? What is the point? So. So for our listeners, you know, if you're wondering about what are some of the cartoons we're looking at, we're looking at right now the the Glow Trotters. I think they were called the Super Glow Trotters, um, based on the Harlem Glow Trotters, the basketball team. I always played against the Generals and always beat the Generals. I get it. Um, so you can always go on YouTube to find some of these cartoons and see snippets to understand what we're talking about. And it's important um, that we're having this conversation because. We, we have grandkids, or well, some of us will have grandkids. Um, I don't want any right now. I have a son, so I don't want any grandkids right now. Give me, give me some time. But we were also kids once too. So we watched the cartoons and we're thinking about as the world progresses and hopefully evolves for the better, that our kids will have better representation than what we had in cartoons and TV shows and movies, and and I think we are on a good path, but we also need to talk about the past to see how we have changed. So on that note, everybody loves Schoolhouse Rock. I loved it. My favorite was the Bill. I'm just a Bill. (laughs) That was a crazy one. That was enough. That was voice. Wasn't it Scatman also that did that? Uh, I can't remember. It wasn't. It was a black gentleman who did the voice for that. It was about the bill sitting on top of Capitol Hill, and he was so sad. Um, but the picture we're looking at now is called Bird, and it was about birds. And in Schoolhouse Rock, it was two black characters. One was a little boy, one was a superhero named Bird. But 
you know, when you think superhero, you think a hero that's on top of his game, you know, he's very strong. This this hero can, you know, save the day, which he kind of did at the end, but throughout the, the action short, he fumbled, he bumbled, he smashed into things, he fell off of this, he bumped into this. They didn't give him that heroic persona as we think about like a Superman, because that's what he looks like. He looks like a black Superman with shades on. But they made him bumbling and fumbling and, and until the very end. And it's like, can we just can we just be the Superman, you know? I, so, I, yeah. <laughs> sometimes that's all we say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and it's funny, like, you know, let me tell you, it's funny. Grammar Rock was my favorite of all. Like my mother got me the 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 uh anthology, so I had all of them. Right. But I would watch grammar rock on repeat and like interjection interjection is my favorite you know but because just like you said like even though you know verb gave you that soulful that very clearly Mm -hmm. it was my least favorite one you know right and you know but it was my least favorite one because like you said it's like this big bumbling guy and it was just yeah it's so stereotypical sometimes you just can't even enjoy it sometimes you know but yeah i I definitely and it is oh my god i kind of want to watch grammar rock now because that was my you know now now we're gonna get into you mentioned stereotypes so we're gonna get into the 80s man you know i'm a child of the 80s i love the 80s oh let me back up a little bit so i mentioned star wars before um and and this is the thing that bothered me about star wars i love star wars i'm a big star wars fan you know original trilogy so every Star Wars book I bought and had, there was Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Chewbacca. Of course, Darth Vader, Stormtroopers. And I'm flipping through. That was it. Those are, those are my heroes. You know, yeah, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. I wanted to have a, a, a lightsaber. You know, um, Han Solo's the cool guy with the spaceship, with the space dog, you know, space Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to be Chewbacca, you know. <laughs> but... You know, I think about these characters, I'm thinking, they look like people in space. Again, like, seriously. But then we get to the 80s, they did give us a, a black guy in space. I love Empire Strikes Back. You know, of course we had James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader, but still, we I physically could not see anybody who looked like me. No black or brown people. But they gave us Lando. But here's my. I was gonna say, I'm like Lando Calrissian, if I right. hold on, hold on. Here's the thing, though. He was backstabbing. They couldn't trust him, and he was a swindler. Yeah, he. And I'm gonna use this term. I hope no one gets offended. It gets offended. I know it was Billy D. Williams. He was a space pimp, really, and he was the only black dude in space. No, there was one other black guy that he was running by with this thing that looked like an ice cream maker. They was the only one. Like, like, once again, like we don't exist in space. But here, here's makes makes it even worse. There are no black women in space. That part. I mean, seriously, look at the cartoons we have looked at so far. We've seen one black woman that uh, was it Josie and the Pussycat. So far, no women of color. And I, I'm just gonna say women of color, not even black women, no, no Latino, just no women of color. So as a child growing up, think about what we're being exposed to, what we're seeing in, in our thought process. Right. Um, so I'm going to go through some of these cartoons, some are action-based. 
and I'm looking at some of the action adventure team cartoons. So there's one called Spiral Zone. I was just watching it earlier. It's set in the future. There's it's like a a, a virus, and everybody's kind of like a zombie. You gotta live in the zone. Um, their team was diverse. They they had they had all teams had one female, of course. I I think from this she was supposed to be Russian. They had the German guy, then they had uh, Asian guy. I'm not sure where he was supposed to be from. Either Japan, I think. They had the black guy, then the team leader, of course, blonde hair, blue guy. Yep. And even in the show, his outfit had to be different from everybody else. So y'all know he's the leader, you know. And and in these shows, and I'm just going to flip through a few that are similar. It, it, it's interesting. You watch these shows as a kid. If there was a female character and you got the lead <laughs> character, they always have some type of relationship. If there was a male character, black male or brown male, never had a relationship. So as a child, you never seen a relationship in that way. You always seen, um, and I'm gonna say the white guy with the relationship. And it's like, wow, oh. wait a minute. So we can't have relationships, you know? Um, so there are other cartoons like Silver Hawks. Um, season two, I think a lot of these cartoons try to do things differently. They added a black guy, Sil Silver Hawks, um, out in space again. The first season, there was no black people in space. They finally added one black guy. He's supposed to be the police officer. Visionaries, I loved it. Here's my issue. They're knights in the future. Y'all can, can see the picture, right? My listeners can't see it. But once again, <laughs> there was one woman and no people of color. Like, wow, we don't exist in even in, in medieval times and space, we don't exist. And as but there, but there's on the flip side, um, Chuck Norris had a cartoon, and some things are still stereotypical. Um, Chuck Norris, you know, the karate guy, he had Asian representation, then he had the one brother up there that if y'all can see it, he has the weird hairdo. I don't know what kind of hairdo they're going for, but we had a discussion earlier, TJ, about The Last Samurai. Yeah. Um, can you you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think maybe this where this cartoon could have been going without us knowing. It's possible. I, I guess it, it, you, we were talking about how like uh, representation really matters, and, and and you know just got introduced to uh, not some time ago of, of Tom Cruise being the Last Samurai for uh for for the movie world and it's just how's that even possible and then you, you dig it and dig a little bit further and you find out that yasuke was one of the first samurai period altogether it was a it was an african uh um uh, soldier I, I couldn't i can't remember if he was a soldier or he was just someone who had happened to travel to, to japan at that time and it became the first samurai and you know, uh, Lakeith Sanfield rep, uh, played his, uh, did his voice in in the in the recent Yasuki movie. Uh, shake your head, shake. Oh, they fumbled it. It, it <laughs> should have been so much better than it was, and I tried. Exactly. I tried to give it so much because I know what they were trying to accomplish, and I do love Lakeith. But I was just like, this, this not it. This is, this is not. Y'all could have been using. 
they're trying though. That, they, are they are trying. And I said they're trying, so I'm not gonna bash it in public, but hopefully the second time is a charm, okay? Because right, so. right. Now, now for the listeners again, um, I know some of you may be saying this has nothing to do with Vitaly Go. Well, we're we're talking about representation. And we hope that in the future that when, as I say, my grandkids or some of you might have kids now and young kids, um, that they can see themselves represented in cartoons and movies without somebody having to apply makeup to make you look like you have vitiligo. And I feel like it's important for us to have these discussions now to talk about where some of these companies may have dropped the ball or where they have done right. And maybe in the future, somebody will take notice and say, you know what, I want to have a lead superhero character with vitiligo, and I'm going to do it right by talking to the community to find out about vitiligo. You know, that's what I'm really hoping. But I think it's fun, too, for us to have this conversation and look back at some of the things in the past. Right. Now, on my screen, I have this character called, this is Marshall Bravestar. I love this cartoon. Um, it, It was a futuristic cartoon a lot of people may not know it was supposed to have been a spinoff of he-man um they were supposed to intertwine in some form of fashion but it didn't happen and they made it its own thing i i'm not if i'm not mistaken probably one of the few cartoons that had native american representation you know yeah um i'm sure there's some things in there that can be stereotypical um but it was just a well-written cartoon. They had the bad guy in there, and he had special powers, and he was a marshal. He was out in space. Now his horse was crazy because it was a horse, but then when he got his special powers, he walked on two feet and carried a shotgun. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's designed for kids, but it was just, you know, they did have some stereotypical uh, stereotype stuff in there with Native Americans, but I think overall they tried to give some type of representation the best way they could. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure if they revisit it, there are some things they would take out, maybe some of the music and maybe some of the ancestral stuff they put in there. Um, but I, I still feel like um, they were on the way of inclusiveness, you know, including people and looking at things in a different light. Um, I'm going to skip this one and come back um bionic six man i love this cartoon um it's about the bionic man bionic woman they got married they had two kids one girl loves rock and roll some loves sports that's what their cold names were like sport one rock one which i thought was really dumb but this is where they changed a lot of things um they adopted two kids one was black one was asian um the black kid, which was interesting, because if you look at cartoons in the 80s, most black male characters were the strong guys. You know, they were always big, buff, they could lift trucks and everything. In this cartoon, yes, this he's still strong, but he's also smart. He's the smartest one. His code name is IQ. So he like they need something done, made, created. That was him. But he could also lift you up, throw you across the, you know, the world to beat you up and all that. But mm-hmm. where they messed up, I think, was the stereotypical, this character's Asian, so we're going to give him the code name Karate One because we assume <laughs> all Asian people can do karate. It's like, come on, y'all. Y'all are doing so well, you know? Like, yeah. not all They folded right at the one-yard line right there. Right, right there, right there. Like, 
not all Asian people do karate or martial arts. You know, that's just like saying all black people rap and dance every time we eat food. No, we don't. Sometimes we do, but we don't. Listen, ahead, I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up because I know we talked about cartoons, but the very first Power Rangers ever with oh, Zach, yeah. that scene <laughs> where they ever made him break dance before fighting and put the music to. Th th I was every like, time in it, like why? Why would you do that? Like I was just, I, I was literally like, why would you do that? Like, every time, but but you know what? That that goes back to the ignorance of the writers because they think that's what black people do. Yeah, you got photo bomb sharing by your son. He came yeah, in, <laughs> right? But um, but that's that's what they did. They made us dance every time we go to do something. You know, we got to break dance. We got to pop lock. You know, it's like we don't do that. All the time, right. no. You know, if we were hanging out with our friends, it might be silly and do that. But on a normal basis, you know, no. Um, yeah. and 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 even with that, you know, going back to Power Rangers, you know, he was the Black Ranger, right? And Black you know, Ranger. that he was the Black Ranger, and it was like, <laughs> it's like why did you have to do all of that? You know, right, and even right. going back said about the relationship it was always about either kim and jason or kim right. and tommy oh i love right. me some tommy you know i was i was with everybody else i love me some tommy yeah but it was ranger, a white ranger yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh but, and then oh but, and then treaty the yellow ranger yellow ranger right right and, and for those who don't know she was asian so yeah you know there are certain yeah. things that they do that I, I don't think they thought it through but the fans are like yo you got to change this. You can't do that. That's stereotypical, you know, and and yes, and once again, the black character always end up ends up by themselves. The lead character goes always has this relationship, and again, we see a black male nobody. One thing I can't say with Power Rangers over the years, they have flipped it. They have switched it up. Um, there was one SPD I love because he was the first like lead black ranger. He had locks and everything. He actually had a relationship, you know. And then as you, as you start to watch the, the later seasons, they would switch it up. And you will see a female lead and a black lead and, you know, Latino representation, everything. So I think when you look at Power Rangers, whoever whoever's writing in their room, they're really thinking outside the box and saying, you know what, we can't have this because that's stereotypical. Oops, we dropped the ball, so let's change it, you know. Now they can get somebody with vitiligo, then it would be even better, you know. Right. I'm just saying, I wanted to be the Pink Ranger until the first Black Yellow Ranger came along. Shout out to Aisha. <laughs> like, yes, right. Yellow Ranger all the way. Okay, like representation was so important back then because you know, like you said, all all of the characters they didn't look like me, so those right. characters absolutely did, we we clung on to those. Right. No, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the Marvel stuff. So we're getting into the, we're still in the 80s. There was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Um and once again, I love Spider-Man. This is before Miles Morales, you know, so don't think that far ahead. But he he had amazing friends, but he didn't have any black friends. I'm like, he had no Latino friends, nothing. I'm like, seriously, dude. Like his friends were dead amazing, did not. Yeah, like we have black friends. But but we well, let me let me fast forward a little bit. Um, the X Men, X Men, very diverse. Um, 
I, I think the X-Men did it well. I still feel like in the 80s, they only give us one character, and that was Storm. Yeah. And that was one of the few black female characters that you would see in a cartoon. You know, you had Storm. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit more, uh, go to some other cartoons that I have here. Guys, I can do cartoons all day long. Let's talk about cops. This is an old cartoon classic, uh, started as a Hasbro um, toy line. I loved it. It was they they changed the name from cops to um, cops and robbers and all that stuff just because they didn't want to run into any legal problems with uh, no cops and crooks, so they didn't run into any legal problems with um, you know the bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? You know they didn't want to run into problems with them. This cartoon, I loved it. I, I look forward to watching it because the lead character was black. He started off cops. He has this deep voice, you know, and right. you know. Um, central organization of police specialists and he runs down everybody who's in this organization like he is the lead character he starts off every case he assigns the cases he is agent bp vest he has the coolest name bp still for bulletproof agent bulletproof. BP vest. yeah you know that's right <laughs> yo he was he was cool he had the little you know ready for the world curl and and had his little right. his little trench coat and all that in his yes. eyes, whatever. Yeah, cybernetics in the middle. But they did him wrong when it came to marketing. The cartoon I enjoyed, but marketing-wise, they took a secondary character and put him in the front. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, they put him in the front and put yeah. Bulletproof in the back. Like, like he didn't, like he wasn't the lead character. I'm like, come on, y'all, don't do that. Unless you told me that, I really wouldn't have known because I'd never seen this before. And unless you yeah. told me that, yeah. Like, this reads like he is not the main character. Right. Absolutely. This guy in the front, for the for our listeners, you can't see the visuals that I can see. It's a cartoon called Cops. If you if you Google it, Cops cartoon, you can see all the covers for every DVD they put out. Or VHS DVD. Um, this guy that you see in the front is always stuck in the front, and Bulletproof is in the back. Like, like you don't matter, but he is the lead character for this show. I think with marketing, they decided if they put the black guy in the front, nobody's going to buy it, and that's, and that's not true. Like he is the show, you know. And that's where I think they dropped the ball. But I got to talk about my all-time favorite cartoon, GI Joe. GI Joe. Yo, Joe. Um, <laughs> now, now. Let me say this. Um, I do have my issues with G.I. Joe. Uh, first of all, it is a very diverse group of military specialists. Everybody's from all over the world. I mean, they even got went to the point, they even had somebody from North Carolina that was from the Confederacy. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't pull any punches. They had people from all over. But there were some characters that were stereotypical. They had a guy called Quick Kick. You know what he did? Martial arts. He was Bruce Lee. He had his gi on, no shirt, and ran around barefoot in the middle. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, dude. They'd have snow scenes, and he'd be running around with no shirt on in, in right, the snow. Right, right. And it's like, come on. Now, this character, my, one of my favorite characters, probably one of the first toys I bought was the black character. You know, and just because in the, in the toy aisle as a kid, you didn't see many black characters, you know, represented. So I bought them, and I'm reading it. And as a child, it didn't, it didn't dawn on me until I got a little bit older. I started thinking about it. His name is Stalker. Like, wait a minute. 
that's not a good code name for a black dude. You know, his background, he's from Chicago. He's he was in the gang and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, he's one of the top characters in the series in the cartoon, but you give him a name Stalker. I you know, I, I just think in the writing room, they don't think about these things. But if I look at modern times, they have changed it. They won't call him Stalker anymore. They give him his his real name and sergeant, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because they realize it, it's it's not a good word to add on to somebody. But then, you know, they, they had a diverse cast. The leader, of course, was Duke, blonde hair, blue-eyed guy. He got the girl, you know, Scarlett and Duke together. Then Flint was the other dude and Flint and Lady J. But when it came to the black characters, nothing. Roblox, big dude, strong guy of the team. What did he do? He rapped. He rapped the whole time. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he yes. did not. No, he did not. You know, you know he he'll not. be like, yeah. I mean, something simple like, yeah, it's I'm going to knock time. you down, and I'm going to pick you up and drop you on the ground. Like, on the ground. No. <laughs> yeah. And now, they did They did change it. Um, They had a new cartoon. Well, they had several versions of G.I. Joe to come out later. One was really offensive. Um. It was almost an anime, but they made him big and scary. Like he was afraid of little stuff. Like, come on, you can't keep doing this like that. But they did try to add more diversity. Like they did have a Latino character, an Asian character. You know, they, they did switch it up a little bit. Um, there was one called Giorgio Renegades where they took his character and, and fleshed him out. They gave him a home. Like you met his grandmother and you knew where he was from Louisiana. You met his cousin and he didn't rap. He liked rock and roll. So he never rapped. He just enjoyed music. And he was a gourmet chef, so they, they figured that stuff out. So I think as, as time has changed, people are really looking at how can we make these characters evolve? How, how can we make them feel more like people than stereotypes? You ever watch Jim? I watched a couple episodes of it, but it didn't really, wasn't really my thing. It was weird. It was it was but it was rock and roll weird, but at least I feel like they, there was female representation because you didn't find too many cartoons with all females. Um it was kind of weird because in order to play music better, they had to I guess level up like the Power Rangers type thing and then they played music better. I, I don't remember the um they had something called synergy, and I don't know what synergy really did. Yeah, I yeah. Right, right after G.I. Joe. Right, right. It was Jim Mask, G.I. Joe, um, He-Man. Mask was pretty good um, in the diverse cast, but once again, the lead lead character looked like Duke from G.I. Joe, who looked like every other leader from everything else. Like you can take him making the same character. But they also did some stereotypical stuff that I just, I don't know if I have an image of it, but they have one character. Here we go. You can see my image down at the bottom. You have the Native American character. Like his powers is like totem, you know, like, like come on, dude. And he didn't speak like everybody else. It was like very choppy speaking. And I was like, don't like talk to people to find out about Native Americans and, and how people speak because they speak like everybody else, you know, but I, I think that's where cartoons are trying to do well and trying to have that representation. But every now and then they drop that ball. 
and fumbled it and kicked it. Um, now, we talk a little bit about, not much about anime, um, but there's this one here. It's called um, Saber Rider. It was set in the future. Um, and I can say in this future, black people did not exist. However, Native Americans did. Because it took place in like a Western planet. Everything was like, like the Wild West, but in the future. Um, but they switched things up a bit. Um, the lead character was actually Japanese. And they made, when, it, when they brought it to the US, they made the blonde haired guy who's from the UK, the lead character. And the lady is from the US and the other guy is a cowboy from the US. So, you know, I don't know. I, it, I love the cartoon. It's very interesting. Um, it's a unique take on the Western frontier. But once again, I think when things come to the US, they kind of say, huh, we got an idea of who should be the lead. So there's cartoons like the Centurions. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. You can look at the pictures and kind of tell. Yeah. However, let me say one thing about that. They did a season two, and the Centurions, the three white guys, the lead character looked like Tom Selleck. Um, they added two new characters. One was like a mountaineer, and the other one was Native American. Yeah. It was horrible. Like his his powers was like he made like a bow and arrow. Yeah, some and bad like, cartoons growing up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they had good intentions to entertain kids, but I think the thought process with the writing room, you dropped the ball. That's where they dropped the ball. See, and now I, I, I'm the opposite. I think they did a lot of this very intentionally. I do. Mm. I really do. Because there's, there is no, like, but this, like, either, either, well, then again, in those days, who, who's in that writing room, right? right. So right. what do they really know about culture? Not much. So they take the little bit that they do know. And they stretch it as far as they possibly can. And make it ridiculous. And make it so ridiculous. And then so these stereotypes just become the norm. It becomes what we're used to seeing. Like when you see a black character, you know it's going to be slang. You know you're going right. to hear that hit music in the background. And we just got to this place where that just is what, I mean, come on. The Washington Redskins were with the Redskins until what, last year? That's how mm -hmm. long that went on. And you now there's corporate commanders. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh horrible. It's horrible, but you know what? It's everything they deserve. Uh, now, <laughs> now, there's a cartoon a lot of people don't know about. It was a um, joint venture with Coleco and NASA. And it was called Starcom, the U.S. Space Force. That's why when our former, that former president came up with Space Force, and I was like, he was watching cartoons. Come on now. Because yeah. this cartoon is called the U.S. Space Force. And I did like this. It was very diverse. Um, they had pretty much everybody represented, but they were all astronauts. Not one person, nobody was the leader. Like they had um, an episode that focused on the ladies. They focused on the older gentlemen in, in, um, in NASA and or the U.S. Space Force. And it was, and like, these three guys are like best friends. So you really can't say who was the leader because they all took lead in some of the cartoons, but it was really... It, it it had a lot of promise, but there was not a lot of push in the school systems to get people involved in this program. So it it only it only ran for like thirteen um, episodes, but it was to get kids interested in joining the NASA program. 
Because even if you bought the toys, it was like, hey, buy the toys, check out our program. And people just bought the toys and didn't check out the program. Um, once again, Defenders of the Earth, great, great cartoon. But once again, the black dude is the strong guy of the team, could beat everybody up. You pick people, you know, typical. Um, but going into like getting like 90s and stuff, um, once again, our heroes. I'm not gonna front. Captain America is my favorite hero. First, it was um, Steve Rogers, but now I like I, I like the new Captain America. You know, um, but most of our heroes growing up all looked the same. There wasn't a lot of a diversity, you know. Um, but I think what we're doing better now that we are getting more diverse in what we present to kids. Hey, you look like this, you could be a hero. Right. Um, I, I like to piggyback. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to piggyback on what what Sharon was saying earlier because I, I think that's significant, and it, it also plays into what you were saying too, is that uh, that it was intentional. This is something that they right. these writers have pretty much put in place as the standard, and and the thing about it is. We're, we're just being aware, becoming aware to the to what it is. Um, and I guess by their logic is, if they never figure it out, let's just keep doing it until they keep figure going. it out. And that's kind of Absolutely. what they're doing, what they have Absolutely. done. What they have done. I, and I think we've kind of figured it out now where, hold on, that's not right. You got to change that. Um, X-Men brought on their first um, major African-American character, which was Bishop. From the future. Okay, yes, and and we and we gotta talk about the representation that is Storm. Okay. Yes, which I one? Love, I love, I love so X-Men, the one that was on Fox Kids in the 90s. I used to watch that with my auntie right. Beverly Wrestle every Saturday, every single Saturday. And I love the X-Men and the re, you know, I love that, you know, even though it did still have that issue where there was only those, you know, two characters which were you know, right. uh, Storm and Bishop were the black characters, but I always kind of let it slide because my auntie was she was in the comics too, and so she told me what the X Men are, who the mm -hmm. mutants represent, what that story right. is all about. So for me, it was always like, okay, I can get with it for now. So I appreciated Gambit being from, you know, uh, I think he was from Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right. You know, appreciated right. that. I appreciated. Rogue being country and strong, mm -hmm. you know, and like, you know, but you know, when it came to the beast, it's like, yeah, but why, why he, you know, he's smart, but why he gotta be the, the, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those, like, you just kind of like, oh, right. but, you know, but that storm was always this powerful, statuesque, Absolutely. dark woman who we all, you know, especially me, I'm a, you know, if you, if you, if you don't know me, I'm a, I'm a very dark skinned woman. So it was always like, that's right. Like, and I wanted to, you know, you wanted to speak properly, not white. You wanted to speak properly. You wanted to right. be educated because you had this strong black woman with a strong woman of color on this screen. Like that was so very, very important. And she was, let's be honest. She was, she, you know, she was the number two, you know, right, she, right. Well, at times she was number one. It depends on the storyline. Yeah, at times she was yeah. number one. She okay. led, she led the, the A team and the B team. Yeah. yeah. Talk about and, it. Okay. And think about the X Men. Um, 
Charles Xavier. He was really the first character we've seen that had some type of um, disability or some type of challenge, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it never stopped him because it was all about using your mind. He was smart, you know. So when you look at the different characters in the X-Men, think about Cyclops. If he didn't wear the glasses, he would tear everything up. So he, although he, he was powerful with his eye beams, he had limitations. So, you know, I think the X-Men, there's such a deeper meaning into everything they showed us, um, regardless of the, the lack of, uh, well, just using uh, Bishop and um, Storm. No, you had two people of color. But they did later add more characters, like you had Forge, who was Native American. Then on this yeah. one, there was Spike, and there was other Latino representations. So it, it it did evolve, you know, and I think as writers start getting involved and really looking at how can we change things? Because there's a um, picture that we can see that our listeners can't see. The characters are very diverse. You know, I don't know all these characters' names, so there's too many of them, but they're very diverse. Um, and, and I like it because that's how it should be. Because if you look at it, I can count one, two, three, four, five, six. There's at least seven women on the team. Whereas before, when we're looking at the 70s, 80s, you might have one. So you start to look out how things are changing. Static shock. Great cartoon, have a great black and brown representation. You know, even, even the comic book, I did read the comic book and it was different. Like from uh, Milestone, I'm like, wow, this is different, you know? Yeah. Um, I used to have all those books, you know, and then I got out of comics for a minute and I wish I would have kept them, but you know, it's good for our kids, all of our kids, to see themselves on the screen. You know, when you look at a cartoon, you should be able to identify with someone. And, and once again, I hope that at some point that we can see on the screen a character with vitiligo, you know, um, but done properly, not not done just to throw them in there, but just really right. represent it and, and maybe even have a, an episode that focuses on the challenges that may come with, you know, you having a skin condition that look, makes you look different. I mean, who knows? It might be a Power Ranger to show up um, with vitiligo. Hey, never know. Have you, you guys, have you guys heard of Black Sands or am I telling secrets that we'll be talking about later? I, I've no, heard no, of Black Sands. I've heard of it, yep. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Dana actually introduced me to Black Sands. Um, and the reason why I do appreciate their comics and, you know, they have a YouTube series as well. It's a comic, mm -hmm. it's a video comic, an e-tune, I don't know, a webtoon, I think they call it. Um, but one of the characters has vitiligo and his story is, it's not about his vitiligo, but it is about his vitiligo. They right. do a very good job um, about, uh, like, you know, he has this anger and it's, you know, he feels kind of cursed and stuff and he... Right works through it through this comic they actually went on shark tank and got a bunch of money so we may be seeing that comic sooner than later so we may get that representation well, you know on a, on a on a scale you know sooner than later so hopefully right. they hear this you know That's and then good. and then if that that makes it big with the comics and cartoons maybe in the toy owl you know i know we have the barbie toys represented yeah great and it did well it's hard to find them now i think you can still get them on amazon Every now and then I'll see one in um, in Walmart. But, you know, just a series of action figures that have a bit of LIGO, why not? 
Why you know, not? it's not going to hurt anybody. It it will bring up uh, a discussion point. Why does this character's skin look like this? And somebody could say, or even on the package, it might say this first character, blah, 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 has vitiligo. And however, his power is and blah, 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 whatever the background is. Right. Um, but I think that's very important um, as we as we really dig into and talk about representation. So I'm going to go through some of these slides so we can get close to the end. But as we look at some of the um, cartoons from current, you know, there's the Secret Warriors. It is a very diverse team, mainly females. There are a couple of males. There's Black, Latino. Um, there's a Muslim character, you know, and there's some um, even um, sexual identities there as well, you know. So in this particular cartoon, everybody's represented in some form or fashion. And, you know, we talk about, let's talk about Marvel real quick. I think Marvel and DC, Marvel and DC, they, I think they're, they're really starting to understand that you have to have diversity. All of your characters can't look the same. You know, when we look at Avengers Endgame, I think if you look at this, this picture that we're looking at, everybody's represented. You can find somebody on there that looks similar to you, close to you, somehow, somewhere, except for maybe the Hulk, you know. But um, same thing for when you look at Justice League, uh, not one of my favorite movies. However, I like the diversity of cast, you know, uh, how they make Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and then you had Ray Fisher as um, Cyborg. And, you know, you just start to look at how we're trying to, things are changing, you know. Uh, characters not always the same. We got Black Panther, and now we're about to get Black Panther 2. They're in Puerto Rico filming soon. So that diversity is coming. You know, it's been trickling in slowly because when the first Avengers movie came out, all we have was Sam Jackson. And I was like, wow, that's not a very diverse cast, really. And then it started to evolve. You know, you got War Machine, and you got Falcon, and, you know, and, and they still have room for improvement. Uh, we're going to get some more females in there because you got photon coming up soon and um with with the miss marvel series so yeah um i think the representation is getting better as we go through the years um and starting to see things evolve and change um the last thing i'm gonna bring up and i kind of saved it for last because i've been watching it he-man now i i grew up on he-man i just thought it was a I thought it was cool and dumb at the same time because I'm like, okay, this guy is Prince Adam. He's got on pants and shirt and maybe because he man and he has on his his, his fruit of the looms and and and, and he <laughs> and just got boots. tan. He got a tan. Yeah, and, and nobody knows. Like, come on, Al. Nobody said, yo, I look like Prince Adam. But <laughs> when you look at the original cast, there wasn't a lot of diversity um, in the original cast. Right. And I get it. it. It was a sign of the times. It was the 80s. But then they went to the 2000s. They had some of the same cast. The artwork changed, but the characters didn't. Like, they right. did add a few um, characters that you couldn't tell whether they were Black or Latino. They weren't main characters, but they did play. Um, they were important to certain episodes, but they were not main characters. However, Revelations, this is on Netflix now. Um, I've been watching it. They have this new character who's good friends with um, Tila. Um, the women are forefront in the series, and I think it's pretty cool. You know, they're bringing their stories to the forefront. Um, 
showing, you know, powerful women of different ethnicities. Good. And then this one is also on Netflix. It's He-Man. It's, it's a really made for kids, but the story, the writers, to me, they have knocked it out the park. And all the characters are so different. Of course, there's He-Man, you know, it's, it's about He-Man, but it's not about He-Man. It's about everybody in the cast. Um, the sorceress is African-American. And then his other friend here, um, you would assume Man of Arms, he could be Latino. You're not sure, but you, you, you kind of see it in it. Um, and then they introduced Stratos, who in the toy, he was looked like a bird and you can't quite, quite figure him out. But now he's African-American. So they're really trying to switch things up. You know, I, and I think the writers on this show have looked at it and said, we need to make sure we're representing everybody. Right. Um, not just culture-wise, but even with some of the changes in how people view themselves, you know, they, they have switched it up a bit. So I, I, I think we all, we're on the right track. But unfortunately, we had to take a, a, a deep dive into the past to kind of get here. But it's good for nostalgia purposes. I absolutely agree. I think, um, and even like going back to Black Panther, I think that was a huge and very necessary culture shift. You know, it was, you know, for all the critics, for anyone that said, if you make a movie that is mainstream, that has Black people, it's not going to do as well as these other movies. Right. And we shattered that. We showed up in droves absolutely. because we are always going to show up for hours we're always going to do it and it was such a beautiful movie like it wasn't one of those it wasn't like uh I, I, i'm not gonna throw any of our or any of our black movies that we have to say we like because we have to say we like them you know Meteor Man. Not... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying um Blank man, okay. Like, Blank. Hey, 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 I like Blank man. Yeah, that's I cool. Man. I love Blank man too, and I love Media it's man. Like being called me Susan. Media man. Media man. The media man. The whole scene on Media man had me crying. Uh, but yeah, but like it was just so, and it was just beautiful, and the way right. they represented this fictional Africa, but that was that could really be Africa though. It right, was. Right. It was necessary. It was, and I think that a lot. I help. I think that that helped along this process a lot. You know, because there was so much representation. Everyone can see themselves. If you were a color, if you were a little black girl or boy, you saw yourself somewhere right, in absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and, and you know what? Our kids. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And not just black. Um, because when I was in the school system, I had a comic book club, and majority of my kids were Latino. And guess what? They love Black Panther. And they were like, well, Wakanda forever. I'm walking down the hallway, Wakanda forever. And I'm like, what? All right. You know? So I think just for people of color, we just, we felt like we had something that represented us. Now, Black Panther 2, I think is going to be off the chain because, you know, they're, they're going to bring in Namor, you know, Submariner. Right. And they're filming in Puerto Rico. Um, I actually saw a, uh, an advertisement saying, hey, if you're in Puerto Rico and you look like this or, you know, your features are like this, but we need you for 
Black Panther too. So they are recording. They're they're filming right now. And I just I just think the diversity of Black Panther two is going to knock it out the park. I, I hope so. Like just like you said, I mean that that movie is just a, a total inspiration. I just remember my 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 youngest nephew, um, and he was he's like three when when it came out he, and. We had it and we were all watching it, sitting around watching it. And he was just jumping around and looking at it. And it's just like, oh, he's about to come on at the beginning when it comes on. And you see that that that, that CGI at the beginning. And I was just sitting there looking at him. I was just like, man, when I was that age, I really wish I had something like that. But right. he has it. And, and that's so good for him. I was so happy for him that he was excited. And that's why that movie is almost like a testimony to me. I just, I just, I just enjoy it. You know, the, the part where Angela Bassett says, you know, remember who you are. Core. Oh, that shook me to my core. Shook me to my core. And I and the, just the effect, I remember they were giving tickets to like so many community organizations were paying for kids to go, were renting out theaters, buses, right. so that these kids, I remember I went with a team of um, my kid, my son and his friends. And I remember at the end of the basketball scene, because it was, you know, you you know how right. whenever they put basketball movies, it's horrible. So at the very end, a whole chorus of like twenty boys. All you hear is travel at the very end, and that's a mystery. They're always they're always gonna remember that, like for right. life. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like it's so much bigger than you know. It was that moment was bigger than sports. It was bigger than entertainment. Like yeah. it was just oh, it was just such a moment that I'm glad that you know we have to say like you said. This is ours, and it felt right. like ours. Mm-hmm. And see, when we get that first movie with that vitiligo representation as the lead character, hey, we're we gonna have to, yeah, we're gonna have to lock down a theater or two and be like, hey, bring the whole family, let's go see it. You know, because because it is important. It's important for us to be able to see ourselves on the screen, not not just as people of color, but to see vitiligo represented. You know, we live it on our average everyday lives, going to work or going out to eat or whatever we're doing. But to turn on the TV and see somebody that, and, and I'm talking about beyond, we see modeling, we see the, the, the posters and Target and things, you know, and that is great. But I wanna see it, I wanna see it in movement. I wanna see an action star, something, you know, yeah. Like, so I can put it up on my mantle here. I've had this vitiligo action figure up here, you know, because we need it. We need it. We need more representation. Uh, we need more stories that feature yeah. characters with vitiligo. And I'm not talking about characters that are always, you know, struggling through it. I'm talking about why can't we have the Luke Skywalker of vitiligo that's doing this, this out in space or, I don't know, the the the, the, the gunslinger with vitiligo. Actually, I'm, I actually have a story I'm writing about that. Um, but, you know, there are things that that we need i i think as a community so when our kids um or the next generation of kids coming up that have been like oh to say you know what i feel good because i'm represented in this you know you know and you're, and you're at, starting to see it in sprinkles like you'll see sprinkles. it there is a there is a anime called cannon blasters a cannon buster uh-huh. excuse me on netflix yep. they have, yep, they have a, a character named hilda that has been like and in the drawing, I was kind of like, you know, but I remember everybody sent it to me like, oh, my God, I see this character. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of video games where you can design the skin to have it like right. this. Fortnite has it. 
there's this other i can't remember it's it's like one of those uh rpg games and you can and the one and you can have a and the vitiligo skin is beautiful too like it's beautifully done beautifully drawn you know and oh yeah like yeah the first piece of art i remember i have it yeah i gotta show you guys but yeah the first piece of art that i got i remember uh it's an artist named tata it's actually in the back of Liddy Ligo's landing page, just that that painting. And she posted it online and the name of it was Beauty. And when I tell you, all of my friends tagged me in it. And they were like, Sharon, you have to, and it was, and she's just, you, it's so beautiful. And the artist, she didn't even want to charge me. Like I had to literally like, no, let me give you something. Like, it was, <laughs> like, no, like the way people just like, you know, and it was like, and I remember seeing her like a couple years later, we were getting our nails done together and I started talking to her about how the painting made me feel. And I had a whole moment and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know you didn't, you just came in and didn't get your nails done. But she was so like, she was like, no, the fact that my art made you feel that way. It's like, this is the first time I've seen myself, a dark skinned woman with vitiligo as right. art. This right. is a moment for me. And I think shortly after that's when I started Lady Ligo, it was very shortly after that. So yeah, representation is literally, Absolutely. literally. Absolutely. And, and for our listeners, you know, if we wanted to have this conversation, you know, it, it's, it's nostalgic for us to go back and look at old cartoons and, and remember when we were kids and to see these things and to look at how things have progressed. But we also wanted to have this discussion because, you know, we, we feel the representation is so important that we have to talk about it, you know, and this gave us an opportunity to talk about, it. oh, that's awesome. And Sharon is showing some of her the artwork. Awesome. That's dope. So that's it, dope. you know, that's why we're having this conversation. And and matter of fact, I just noticed um on my screen that TJ has a very cool shirt on too. It, it's a cobra from G.I. Joe. I gotta find that shirt. <laughs> my shirt says <laughs> unity. So we over here sharing, yes. but but no, but but on a real um I, and these are the conversations I want to have. Um because it is good to talk about vitiligo, but it's also good to talk about other topics. Because I feel like um, they they help somebody in our community is going to be helped by this. They're, they're going to remember, they're going to reminisce about some things that make them smile and it also to make them think, you know, and we might have somebody out there who's a filmmaker uh, in our community that's listening to this and wants to do something different or a comic book writer no. or artist or, or something, you know. And uh, I, in the I next, mean... yes. I'm I'm sorry. I, I know you mentioned. No, no, you're good. You, you were uh, you were writing a book as well, and 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 I have something as well that's coming that's already in in the editing process that that represents us well. I think so. So um, it's I it's sooner than than we actually think. You know, absolutely. Someone like yourselves and ourselves who who is so immersed into our own culture and and, and trying to make people aware of who we are and right. and you know just our representation is so important so i i it is it's no doubt in my mind that we'll see something within on the horizon here pretty soon and i can't wait absolutely i can't absolutely. wait i don't care who it comes from i can't wait <laughs> look and that's the thing look we we have to let people know that we're more than just what we look like you know and, and utilize our talents and 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 the thought process like we can have the same conversations with somebody else down the street or at a comic convention or whatever you know, we're people. And this conversation is all about people having real type of people conversations. That's what we're having. Now, 
um, probably in a couple of weeks or so, we are going to have another podcast that will deal with writing. Um, we'll, we'll let everybody know when that happens and when it's going to air. But I think that's important, too, that we talk about writing because we have different types of writers. We have people that write novels and short stories and poetry and we have people that write uh, screenplays and, and, you know, you name it. And I think that's important for our community to know that these things are out there for us. You know, we don't have to always hide, you know, what what we do, hide our talents. No, let's 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 put them out for the world to know. You know, let's not let's not hide behind Vitiligo. Let's put it out there. So before we wrap things up, Sharon King, anything you want to say, any words of encouragement, anything for our listeners? Um I would say, you know, I, I love these type of conversations about, you know, who we are outside of our vitiligo because, you know, that's literally how I learned to heal. You know, I, you, I, you know, my mother put me in a bunch of different things. You know, I was in a drama class, I tap dance, ballet, African dance, sports, drama class, you name it. Like I did everything um, until I kind of figured out who I am. I learned how to interact with others. I, I just, you know, kind of learned I always say I learned how to be a person mostly through basketball, but a lot through just figuring out how to express myself, figuring out how to be myself, you know. So, you know, if you're into something, if you if you are, you know, if you have a hobby, you know, get your immerse yourself in that. If you're if you get something that you can get yourself lost in when you're not feeling like yourself and when you don't want to talk, you know, that for me, like I said, it was mainly basketball. Um, and, and, you know, and basketball actually taught me leadership. It taught me community. It taught me a lot of the things that, you know, kind of led me to what I do now. So definitely. Um, and if you are an artist, you know, please reach out to me, reach out to us. We love posting vitiligo art. Like we love the representation. People need to see it. Like, you know, um, this is, uh, you guys can't see it, but this is a, uh, a, a drawing somebody made for me. This is what I wore to the, my first vitiligo conference. And I was telling her, you know, telling my friend that it was special to me and her daughter made me this wonderful picture, you know, like your story matters, you matter. So just keep, you know, just be you and keep doing you. I think that's my advice. Absolutely. We greatly appreciate that. TJ. Yeah, this this was great. I enjoyed every minute of this. Just, just talking about old stuff, old cartoons and, and the things we grew up on and uh, kind of showing my age a little bit because I, I, <laughs> I knew every single cartoon from, from the old days. But uh, that's because a lot of them was on syndication and reruns and, and, and that sort of thing. And and uh, I, it, it just just goes to show you that we, we've come so far. And, and we still have a, an opportunity, a great opportunity to show ourselves and, and to showcase ourselves with Vitiligo and, and, and the things that we do and, and just honing our talents. I, 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 one of my prayers I pray in the morning every day is just the God to, to always keep me in mind of my talent and always to keep me honing my talent and, 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 and making my craft better than it is. Uh, because I know it comes, it comes through the Almighty and I can use that and, and, and just push that out into the world. So, and that's that's writing for me. That's the, that's what I, I really try to concentrate on and, and try to bring diversity of of, of who I am, a, a person with vitiligo, and, and to show show myself and to show uh, the people 
who 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 have vitiligo as well. We're we're beautiful people, uh, and and we're beautiful people to begin with, and and we have so much to talk about. And Sharon, you're absolutely right. We 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 have to put ourselves out there. We have to show us show the world exactly who we are. We're, we're more than just what you see on the on the outside. We we have so many talents, and and we're diversified throughout the whole spectrum of this planet and this this country. So so we can do it. And, and I, I I'm glad glad it's coming about. I can't wait. I can't wait. Absolutely, I'm absolutely. Man, look, I'm telling y'all, this has been powerful. Um, you know, it wasn't just a walk down memory lane, but you know, we did discuss some things, and um, and I know it's an unorthodox discussion compared to what we normally talk about on our vitiligo um, podcast. But I wanted to do this, and I'll continue to reach out and have these discussions because it's always something for somebody out there. You know. This person may not like it, but somebody else will love it. And, you know, one thing I want to say to our listeners before we wrap things up, you know, as I said during the um, Vitiligo Summit, you know, we have magical skin. But that magic is not on the surface. It's in the inside. You know, it's who you are as a person, your talents, your, your thought processes, your dreams, your goals, all those things, your visions, you know, you can make those visions come to life. But you don't have to do it alone. You know, you have a family, you have people. And and that's something I got to take for myself, too. You know, I don't have to walk through this journey alone. You know, there are people to walk with you. And if you have those talents, you know, showcase them. Reach out to us. You know, we'll put it out there for you. We'll help you get it out there. Because um, it's better to get it out and to hold it in. You know, so let that light shine. So for our listeners... You have been listening to Living Life and Love at Night. I'm your host, Mark Braxton, and my guest today were TJ and Sharon. Thank you two for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome. And to our listeners, remember to love somebody, but most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Y'all take care. You have a blessed night. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Living Life and Love at Night. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So please tune into our other podcasts, which can be heard on Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can listen to our podcast on Facebook. All of our podcasts are sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.